0: Um so how many of you have tried to like control your faith or control your walk with Jesus and have been frustrated because the fruits of the Spirit, as we find out, always lead you into vulnerability. Remember this is a truth I just learned myself two years ago, and I've been a Christian coming this October forty years. Well, it's gonna stay tall. Um (laughs) as tall as me. Um So the fruits of the spirit, all of them require some form of vulnerability. So we're going to figure that out. So because of your version of vulnerability, you try to keep your faith safe and controlled by tag. And since each one of these fruits require vulnerability, they never become the true fruit of our life. This is the catch. So today we're talking about joy and peace. Just wait until we get to patience next week. Because if you're aversion to vulnerability and then you struggle with patience, yeah, yeah, that's next week. Let's start with joy. Um, In your lifeline, you got some post-it notes. That's because I'm hoping, as we talk about vulnerability and joy and peace today, something may hit you like, I never thought of that before. Write it down, stick it on your mirror, stick it on your computer screen, whatever, so that you can remember this, so that you can try to live your life just... A little bit braver to find out more what this life with Jesus can be all about, um, and then let's transfer into that caps win Wednesday night. We're talking about joy, right? Now, if you are a sports fan, I mean, if you are a real true sports fan, and this is my husband John right here, and he is our love language is sports. This is this is what we do together and talk about together, and talk about together and talk about together. Um, there's a lot of vulnerability in being a sports fan. Cause you, you win, you lose, you win, you lose, 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 lose. You go to the playoffs and you lose. And it's, it's this thing. And I see why people just check out on sports because you just, it hurts too much. But if it's your love language, you, you're in it. And then there's this thing called bandwagon fans. They're the ones that don't go in the vulnerability. (laughs) They're the ones that hop on on Monday night, (laughs) waiting for Wednesday, and get to experience the joy. Now, there's a lot of joy. I mean, I'm not a Caps fan, um, but yet, this joy is contagious because it was so vulnerably painful that to actually get this win and this cup and to see Ovi kiss the cup, I mean contagious, right? But it was one through vulnerability. and For the fans, the, the guys were athletes, but for the fans, it was one because they stuck with it. And we will love the bandwagon fans anyway, right? So, be, so talking about joy, let's begin with this oft-quoted verse from James 1, 2 through 3. You guys have probably, many of you have heard this. Consider it pure joy, see our word, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, joy in the midst of trials, joy in the midst of pain, because really joy and pain go together. And this is where we get stuck, because joy is not supposed to hurt so much, so you ready for the vulnerability of joy? I mentioned Dr. Brené Brown's research last week and I'm going to mention that again this week cuz it this really wrapped up my faith into research. She found in all her research that the most vulnerable emotion there is is joy. That's because joy can feel like a setup. we don't want to get blindsided by hurt. Because we really want to beat vulnerability to the punch. That if we really feel this wonderful emotion of joy, something bad is right around the corner, so I would just rather dismiss joy. One of our boys that we raised suffers terribly from this. If anything good happened in his life, he would always dismiss it immediately. If he got a, a recommendation at work, he would say it wouldn't last and his boss would double cross him, you know, continually. When they were, the boys were younger, we took them on a lot of mystery trips. This was one of our great things we got to do is take them to locations they never would have gone before with their birth families and experience things and took them to Canada one day and they're like... We're in Canada, Niagara Falls. You know, I mean, you know, over the border. But they were, anyway. These were their, these were their memories. And whenever we would come back, he would continually sabotage his life upon that return. It's like he could not feel the joy that he was just able to experience, because he felt disloyal to his birth family. So he must sabotage his life and not be, not have that joy, um, or he felt. Um, like, he, he wasn't worthy of having this joy, so he would have this great moment and sabotage himself. So, Or how about this story that came out of research, um, from Dr. Brené Brown's research. I used to think the best way to go through life was to expect the worst. That way, if it happened, you were prepared, and if it didn't happen, you were pleasantly surprised. Then I was in a car accident, and my wife was killed. Needless to say, expecting the worst didn't prepare me at all. And worse, I still grieve for all those wonderful moments we shared and I didn't fully enjoy. This is why it's the most painful and vulnerable emotion that there is. She found in her research that the people when interviewed felt the most vulnerable in situations like this. Standing over my child while he is sleeping. Acknowledging how much I love my husband, knowing how good I've got it, watching my parents with my children, getting engaged, being promoted, or falling in love. These were the vulnerable moments. This is when fear would creep in and say, maybe I'm not worthy to have this good thing happen in my life. That's the vulnerability. This deep root of, of fear, we talked about fear again last week, about scarcity, and those messages says, I'm not enough to have this good thing happening. And deeper yet, this foreboding joy is saying, I'm not worthy of this good thing happening, so I'm going to sabotage it before life sabotages me. How true is that for you guys? So do not be afraid of the ordinary joys that happen in your life. And also, do not be afraid of the pain that happens in your life. We get both. We all do. And you guys will make it through both. Remember that God has hardwired us for pain. Joy is whether we get in our pain like James 1 taught us. That real, true joy sometimes in those moments of pain do you ever like laugh so silly over something so silly that you are just gut hurting laughter coming out of your eyes because that's because the pain and the joy met together or in those moments when you're beautifully overwhelmed by something powerful in nature you just our son right now is um sabotaged his life again after his job is going really well. He's serving some time right now at a local Prince William County jail and he's serving some time in the hole last week. Um, he has two days in the hole he actually got to watch a sunset from beginning to end out of his window. It moved him. It softened him. And because he's locked up he's really hearing God right now so good, good, good. But this is when pain and joy come together. Isn't it in those moments when, like, the most beautiful songs are written? Or some of the most beautiful things happen in your life? When we're pain avoidant, we're also joy avoidant. She found out in her research also that the same centers in our brain that um, register pain also register joy. So if we're going to numb our pain, we also numb our joy. It's the same thing in our brains. So, yes, no, you are worthy to experience joy. So let's move on to peace. Okay? Peace is a central promise of the Christian faith. I mean, one of the names of Jesus is Prince of Peace after all, right? So in Luke 8.48, there's a story that I love. Jesus healed a brave, unnamed woman who left her home after 12 years with this shaming blood disease. And you remember the story how she reached to the crowd and reached out bravely to just touch the hem of Jesus' clothes? This is what Jesus said to her in Luke 8 48. He said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. First, women, let's just awe that Jesus called her daughter. I mean, how many of us would love to hear that? And then he says, you go in peace as if it was just this afterthought. Um, After the resurrection, the disciples were huddled together in fear, of course, not knowing what to do next. Luke 24, 36, it says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. It's like, no wonder he's called the Prince of Peace, right? Because even in the most frightful, shameful, scary situations, he's always blessing with peace. Of course, in Luke 12, 51, Jesus also said this, Do you think I've come to bring peace to the earth? No. I've come to divide people against each other. Now this sounds far from the Prince of Peace I was just talking about what sounds like before was more like this maybe hippie version of peace you know peace to the world or some Miss America contest the peace that Jesus brings us is a lot deeper than that and of course there is vulnerability involved so here is the vulnerability of peace peace is not a simple blessing we get to receive and then go on living our lives controlling the outcome of our lives We want to believe that we can live in peace, especially if we decide to live a life of faith, like this is going to center our lives. We do get to have peace, but it's a lot different. Again, John 16, 33, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. You probably preach on that one more than once when you know me. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. There we go. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, But take heart. I have overcome the world. We get the peace. We get the trials and sorrows. We get the joy. We get the pain. This goes together. And none of us, none of us are exempt from pain. But because we want to control the outcome so much, because we don't want to feel how painful the trials and sorrows really are, because we desire a much safer life. We strive and we hustle in our attempts to protect ourselves believing we are on the way to peace. But nothing about striving and hustling emotes peace. We would rather hustle to numb the pain so we can find that elusive peace again. But is it really peace you're looking for? Or that control over your life? because it is easier to have that extra glass of wine it is easier to play that video game it is easier to scroll mindlessly through Facebook it is easier to binge watch watch Netflix all this is easier than to rest in the peace that God knows the big picture of what you're going through like John 16.33 tells us and I've learned this about real pain, and you maybe know my story, I know real pain. There's a peace that goes beyond understanding. And this is found in Philippians 4 7, where it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In those darkest moments is when a supernatural peace seeps in. And this peace is beyond understanding and this piece changes you to the core. For my last church I have a family um, 15 years ago they buried their older sister at age 9. Just three months ago the healthy father at age 47, he was a doctor had a stroke. They had to make the hard decision as a family to take him off of life support we're in the hospital. He still didn't die after two days. They had to make the hard decision to bring him home to die at home, where he didn't die for six days. And at his death on March 21st, his oldest son, one of my boys from my last youth group, wrote this: "At about 7:30 this morning, my dad took his last breath and went to be, to heaven to be with my sister. I've never been more sad in my life." but I have an inexplicable inexplicable peace and hope that only comes from knowing Jesus Christ. I don't know why God had me here to save him, if this was how it was going to end, but it's not always our place to know God's plan. What I do know is that I will see my dad one day again, and that is what I will rest in. If you'd like to know about the reason for my hope, please reach out. If that's, It's what my dad would want and it's what I want. And it's what Jesus wants. God is no less good because of this. 23 years old. This peace changes you. And when you go through that next painful situation, you find yourself fretting less, striving less, hustling less, because this peace Is supernatural, beyond understanding, and you're like, I can make it through this yet again. This is vulnerability of peace, but this is what changes you. It's releasing the control, it's stopping the numbing, it's a fruit of the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit is right there to help you. So, you're feeling joyful and peaceful about joy and peace today? <laughs> More importantly, are you feeling the rumbling of possibility that this is, this is a way of faith and this is why we have faith? So, I want to leave you with one last quote. This is from a pastor named Rob Bell. Says The peace we are offered is not a peace that is free from tragedy, illness, bankruptcy, divorce, depression, or heartache. It is a peace rooted in the trust that the life Jesus gives us is deeper, wider, stronger, and more enduring than whatever our circumstances are. Because all we see is not all there is, and the last word about us and our struggle has not yet been spoken. Wow. And amen. Let's let's pray. Oh dearly Father. I feel in your spirit that hearts are ripped open today. Fill those open hearts with your truth and this peace beyond understanding. So that there is there is a bravery that is gonna come out of them and handle life braver and stronger and one that, that um, relies on you for the outcome, the big, the big picture outcome, the, the one where you get the final say on what is going to happen. And the, even though right now in the midst of it, it hurts and it seems like a bizarre maze that's never going to end, you hold the final outcome and that is where we rest. And we are, we are strong enough and we are worthy enough to make it. And I pray that today while we're eating sherbet together or throughout the week here we get moments of joy. Just pure, simple, hurt-my-gut joy. Because you are with us. I trust you. I pray that my church family trust you too. Amen.